I'm so hungry. How hungry are you, Mike? I'm so hungry I could eat the ass end out of a dead rhino. A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, the third Wolverine outing is getting a little old. Okay. <laughs> John Williams is going to stay around for a while, yep. speaking of old people. And uh, there's an injustice <laughs> coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. O- that's uh, ominous and more. Yeah, and just before we started reading this, you were rushing to open something. What were you opening? Um, it's a Red's Wicked Black Cherry. Uh, okay, because um, you said you said ecto cooler for a second there, and I got a little so, got a little flustered. Okay, so so just just to give you people a little bit of background, I got thirty six cans of ecto cooler this week. <laughs> you um, jumped on it like how how soon did you go to buy them from when you heard that they were available? I saw the I, someone said they're available on Amazon, and within like a minute, I had already purchased thirty six oh, cans. Because like as soon as I saw the message that you sent me, fucking all sold out. So I have no idea when I'm going to be able to get them. So mm. I, I got to check Amazon again, but I think our original plan was we're going to do a spoiler cast for Ghostbusters, Yes, and then we're going to open the show drinking Ecto Cooler, mainly because I haven't tasted Ecto Cooler since I was a little boy in elementary school, so I, I want to I record the moment where everything rushes back when I drink it, because supposedly it's the exact same flavor as it was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and I have thirty six cans, and a lot of people know this, and um, everyone wants some, and I'm like, okay, I'll drink it with my family, you know, because that's a special occasion. But then Mike was reminded me of the Ghostbusters, so I'm like, okay. So I've been giving out cans, <laughs> watching them drink it while I have to not drink it. Well, so, it's good. You're you're a drug dealer. It's not doing your own drugs. That's that's that's, uh, that's good. Not getting high on my own supply yet, <laughs> um, but Lord knows when Ghostbusters comes out the week after my wedding, I have a whole month to wait on these ecto cooler <laughs> drinks. Uh, we're I'm gonna be we're gonna be enjoying those. So mm-hmm. um, so, so looking forward to that. Uh, now you did something last night over the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. You went to this. It's Point Break Live is what you call it. Oh, now, this this was amazing. So. Explain it to me because in my head, when I think of this, I'm like Point Break the movie, but it's like a stage version. Yeah. So, basic, so explain it to me so I get what's going on. So imagine a, a group of about maybe I think it was maybe like six to eight people uh, put on a live performance of the movie Point of Point Break, but it is totally low budget, just a, a hilarious fun affair of what it is. So the venue is like super low key and small, like people crammed in there to watch this. The stage is like not even like dressed in anything. It's hilarious. They're like they sell you ponchos because there's like waterworks and there's fake blood and squibs and stuff that they that they make. And when you go in, you know you're getting into something when they duck when they're duct taping like blue tarps to their giant speaker sets, and then the background is just like gray tarps, and there's like this half inflated. Um, like a palm tree on this bar and everything. And you're just like, what, what did we get into? Like, I knew I wasn't necessarily going into like a giant theatrical expensive thing. So we walk in 
And um, I, my, my wife knew some of the details of the show, uh, so I was kind of prepared. So basically what it is is it, everybody but Keanu Reeves is cast for this uh, live performance thing. And then at the beginning of the show, uh, the, the air quotes I'm putting around the word director or the, the actor who is playing the director of the movie uh, comes out with a megaphone and says – we uh, unfortunately we do not have a big enough budget to hire Keanu Reeves to do the show, so we need to get someone from the audience to play Keanu. So they have volunteers come up on stage, and she puts them through a couple paces to see who's going to be the best Keanu. And the person that uh, the crowd ended up picking by applause was this guy who was there. I think it was maybe his bachelor party or something like that. But he was the perfect Keanu, and I think it just goes to show you that like just you can pick any random person out of the crowd, and they can make a good Keanu. He had good like Keanu vibes. He had that blank stare that was perfect so basically they just kind of go through the motions of the of the show and everything's super low budget they're using like these really crappy plastic guns but all the actors are super into it and it's hilarious and it's just such a fun time they're like um engaging with the audience like if have you seen the movie point break before Oh, it's been a very long time, and I did not watch the remake. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. They made a joke in the show about, I can't believe they remade this movie. Uh, but, the, you know, they, there's bank robbery scenes in the movie. So when the actors come out to, to you know, quote-unquote, rob the bank, they take people in the front row, and we were in the front row, and they, like, they tell you to get down on the ground because they're, like, robbing the bank and stuff. And they speak to the whole crowd, like, you know, like we're, we're people trying to get into our bank accounts and stuff. And they take people out of the crowd and hold them hostage. But I think the funniest part of the entire night is um, at the very beginning, we haven't been introduced to the Surfer Bros yet. We've been introduced to uh, Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Utah. We've been um, introduced to um, uh, his uh, partner, oh, oh, Gary Busey plays him. And so the guy who was quote-unquote playing Gary Busey uh, is just ridiculous. But anyway, so they're over there and they're just like, so what's your theory? Who do you think did this? And he's like, I think it's surfers. Then all of a sudden on the other side of the room where that's darkened, lights up and there's these dudes that are like in bathing suits, like drenched in water. And they're hanging inside of this booth over people that thought that they were safe picking that booth to sit in. And they're just like lounging over there with the spotlight on them, just water dripping off them into these people's drinks and stuff like that. It's, it's just so funny. I took a picture of that specific moment and I put it up on my Instagram. So all I have to say is um, the show is winding down. I think they've been doing this for quite a few years. And they, they do it in other cities, too. I know there's a few shows on the East Coast. I think there's a couple in the middle of the country. I know there's a few on the West Coast. And they said that there's only three shows left for them. So I don't know if just the L.A. Point Break Live is wrapping up or if it's going to be other places, but you got to go see this if it's in your city or you're close to it. It's totally worth it. It's like 30 bucks. You get like a poncho. You even get a, you even get a meatball sub with the price of the ticket. And like the place that we were at, the bar was open the whole time. So you can just like get up and like go get go to the bar. It was it was an amazing experience. I'm so glad we went. It's just ridiculous. And if you've seen Point Break, just imagine trying to adapt that into a live live performance with like no money. It you, it's ridiculous, and I go see it. Ten out of ten. Better right. than Batman, Superman. Mike, Mike's, <laughs> Mike's recommendation yet again uh, to go see uh, Point Break Live, the movie that didn't you didn't know needed a live action <laughs> set piece. That's awesome. That's awesome. On that note, um, I want to switch gears. I want to give a shout out to Ooh, shout Mitch out. Mitch Buckley. 
from Perth, Australia. Ooh, down under. Yes, I was going to do a really bad Australian accent and then decided, you know what, <laughs> I don't want to run him off. He don't want to offend the one fan that we have <laughs> halfway across the world. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I tell you what, his email, a um, little, little heartwarming for us. You know, we don't know who listens to the show. I mean, we have our super fans, and, and we love you guys. We love everyone who listens to the show, but you know, we don't know you know who listens where. So that was kind of cool to see it. And he has a couple questions, Mike, and I'm going to ask them to you. Maybe you can answer them for us. All right, here we go. Okay, first off, are we going to be doing our famous guest episodes anytime soon? What do you think? That would be fun. It's just, it depends, because this is like a news type of show, so we're never 100% sure, like, kind of what's going to be in the topic for that week, so, and then when we kind of get the idea of what we're going to talk about, we think, oh, do we know anybody that might be able to speak kind of intelligently or humorously to that subject, so we'll have to see. I mean, we don't talk too much about video games, but Mm -hmm. I know there's one video game out there that's getting really, really popular, and we do have a friend of the show that has been playing it with you very heavily. So maybe we need to bring Quentin back on the show. You guys can talk about Overwatch a little bit. Maybe you guys can like uh, plug your your Twitch live streams that you've been doing. Yeah, yeah, and try to convince you to buy an Xbox as well, (laughs) uh, like we always do. Well, we'll have to see. There's We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but there is going to be E3 news coming up probably next week's episode. So usually there's like price drops announced, stuff like that, bundles in the air. We'll have have to see how that goes down. But um, yeah, it, it... It'd be cool to bring some people back on the show. Yeah. It's always funny trying to cram people into uh, one of our uh, one of our rooms around our microphone setups, but we can make it work. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, I mean one of the hardest parts about the show. I mean, not for us, but maybe for other people, is is we live across the United States from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were in the same room, we'd be like, yeah, come on in the room. We'll talk in a room. It's easier. But um, kind of introducing people to to our vibe, our flow, has, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little. Not easy, um, but not rough. But yeah, you know, let's do it. Let's let's get somebody. We'll figure out what we're gonna do when we're gonna do it. And we'll let you guys know. Yeah. So. All praise our Skype overloads for letting this overlords for making this possible. That's right. Thank you, Skype. Uh, second question, last question here. Um, he wants to know the origin of our cold open lines that we do on every Man, episode. I'm trying to remember why exactly you wanted to start doing them to begin with. I think there was like some other podcast out there that I listened to that kind of just randomly interjected oh, things Mark, sometimes. Was it Marone? Mark Marone's? Oh, just, you mean you, you mean Mark Marin? No, Marin, I don't yeah, I, I don't know if he does them, but I just thought it was just a fun little tidbit to start out the show, but it, it turns out to be more taxing than we think it's going to be because these are that's the last thing we plan. So we hop up <laughs> and we start the recording, we're just like, "Oh, man, what are we going to say?" And, like, I think a couple of times we've had no idea, and then, like, I've just made random noises, and then we've yeah. just used the random noise clip. But uh, the one from today's episode was a quote from Point Break that me and my wife had been repeating ever since we watched the movie yesterday morning and went to the show last night. So that was stuck in my head. So, And I think we did uh, – you did, like, mm-hmm. a, you did um, like a sound bite from Overwatch – like a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah last week was, was was from Overwatch, one of the quotes. And most of these, I mean, we record for several minutes before we start you know, doing the show. We don't just go into the show a lot of times. So we usually just take one of those things because that's that's our natural conversations. Yeah. They're, they're kind of goofy, kind of out there, never know what's going to happen. So. You always have some sort of bizarre joke that you picked up on that weekend that you, like, lay down and I just, like, roll my eyes and laugh at. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, I need to. Get <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Mitch, uh, for for listening to us. Actually, one of my favorite podcasts is actually uh, from Australia uh, as well. So that's that's kind of uh, funny, I guess, ironic, uh, if you would. So um, yeah, so that's that's awesome. Thank you, Mitch, for yeah. writing this. 
Yeah, big shout out to anybody that writes in. I know uh, uh, we got some super fans out there that have been uh, sending us in like reviews of the of the movies that they went out and seen, and uh-huh. we love that. We might not always bring it up on the show, but I love reading what people thought about um, the, to the movies they saw. So yeah, that, shout out to all you guys. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, uh, super fan Jim uh, trying to hold his status as, as number one super fan because he gets <laughs> a competition. Uh, it was talking about uh, the Conjuring two with me today. So um, oh wow. Uh, he says it's good. It's done by James Wan. I think James Wan. He's he's one of those DC or uh, yeah. He, I, he's got a. I'm sure he's been promoted to some sort of big action flick. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So there's that going on. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's superhero related. So if you want to see the Conjuring two, James Wan, he's doing Aquaman. So oh, all right, cool, cool. All right, well, let's jump into this news. We've, we've gone on a little bit longer than usual today. That's all right. But the news I think is huge this week. Um, yeah. First off, we're going to talk Doctor Strange because yeah, Doctor I think it's Strange. very important. What's, what's going on? Uh, so there's new merchandise uh, coming up for Doctor Strange, and yeah. this is really going to put your lunchbox game on fleek, if I can use the <laughs> vernacular. Um, so there's really crazy-looking mugs. Got Benedict as Doctor Strange. You can kind of see they're going like a 70s kind of trippy coloration vibe on a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and you can see the link here. It takes you to comicbookmovie.com. But you go down to the lunchbox... Um, I know, again, this is kind of, I guess, concept artish looking, but I mean, I, I, I think the colors and the style and just the intricate details are awesome on these Doctor Strange yeah, I don't, lunch I don't, boxes. I don't have a whole lot of evidence beyond just a few anecdotal uh, occurrences, but I think lunch boxes are kind of maybe coming back collection-wise because it's type it's a type of thing that I don't think a whole lot of people actually use. I think people just like to collect them. But like I supported like a Kickstarter a little while ago and one of the rewards was like a custom like lunchbox. So maybe these are kind of like coming back. I've noticed like little people like to collect things like cuz sometimes you like if you're if you're getting older, you don't necessarily want toys and action figures as much, but you want to be able to display it. So maybe a lunchbox is a way to display that you like Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, he needs all the help he can get here. Uh, not a lot of people know him yet, so mm-hmm. uh, that'd be great. And next is a, a Lego set. Lego sets get leaked really early, and yeah, at nine out of ten times, I don't think they have anything to do with the movie. Um, yeah, they're not always. In, sometimes they're indicative, but sometimes they're not. <laughs> yes. So the first one, uh, the Doctor Strange Lego set. You can see um, Doctor Strange, Baron Mordo, and Wong fighting what appears to be some sort of tentacled beaked monster coming out of a, a hole of some sort yeah uh, and and when you look into the comics lore you can see uh, one of the characters is shuma gorath um he's actually the boss of marvel versus capcom 2 i think um mm-hmm. for those people who played that so it kind of looks like him will he be in the movie i don't know maybe maybe <laughs> not but uh you can definitely catch this doctor uh strange lego set uh some point in the near future so Add that to your collection, Mike, and then take it down a couple months later. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that just purely want to collect the Doctor Strange little figure to to join their little Iron Man. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And lastly, the last bit of Doctor Strange news is there's uh, Marvel has confirmed that they will be at San Diego Comic Con this year, despite the fact Disney will not be. That's a that's big news because people were starting to get kind of. I don't. So I, it's hard to get down on Comic Con unless you're just like a curmudgeon. But people were starting to get a little worried. They're just like, "Hey, you know, Marvel's not going to be there." Who? I think Fox was it. Fox said that they weren't going to be there. Uh, some, or, uh, yeah, I think Fox was because people were leaking their footage and they were getting all pissy yeah. about it. We've talked about but, it before. I, but I think Marvel's just like, "Hey, we're the big guns. We're going to come here and we're going to show you the Doctor Strange love." Because they're, I think this kind of came on the tailwind of the banners starting to pop up in downtown San Diego, like the little. Mm-hmm 
light post banners, which was cool. Then that just gets me excited for Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, and, and what's really um, you know Marvel needs to do is get more people behind Doctor Strange. Again, he's kind of an unknown character. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy all over again. Uh-huh. Uh, so they need to get a little people behind him, and in San Diego Comic Con's a great place to do it. Also, Guardians of the Galaxy will be making an appearance with them as well. Uh, oh yeah, I was James excited Jones to hear that. So I'm uh, really excited to see what they bring to there. Um, that brings us to the next point of a, a movie we might not see, but maybe some concept art at San Diego Comic Con is Thor Ragnarok. Ooh, yeah, the goods. Give me the goods. What do you got? So, so um, it begins filming July 4th. So this, that Monday, this year, okay. This year, it begins filming July 4th. So that means we're probably going to be seeing more concept art, some behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't wait to hear more about Thor Ragnarok. Surprisingly, probably sounds like the best Thor movie out of all of them. Yeah. And, well, I mean,. A very, very anticipated film for next year, actually. Yeah. I mean, if they're filming July 4th, this is a uh, a winter movie next year, I believe, correct? Yes, correct. So maybe there's a slight possibility, maybe like a teaser trailer by the end of the year. Maybe just something very, very like rudimentary. Uh, but if not, we're probably going to have to wait until 2017 to see a little bit. Yeah, I mean, well, we have in 2017, it starts the year off with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the same time Doctor Strange uh, released their trailer. So I expect, you know, uh, next April or May to see a Thor trailer, a teaser. Oh. So that <sighs> seems like it's so far away. <laughs> it does. And it'll be here before we know it. And we'll still be doing this show, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also brings me to the next point. One of the most anticipated characters in uh, Thor Ragnarok is the addition of Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I love Jeff. Yes, I know you do. I know this is. I'm just bringing this up just for you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I know you get it. So, uh, according to Jeff Goldblum, the Grandmaster is a uh, hedonist and a pleasure seeker uh, mm-hmm. about the film, and uh, he's an enjoyer of life and taste and smells, which kind of strikes me as a Jeff Goldblum type character. <laughs> yeah, I think that works out really well. Uh, he he did a really funny uh, like GE light bulb commercial, I think, where he kind of kind of played like a similar character, where he's like shirtless in a hot tub the whole commercial. But, oh, man, I can't wait to see him uh, bring his uh, charisma to the Marvel Universe. Yes, and I hope it's more, it lasts more than one film. I think uh, having, like, the Grandmaster and the Collector maybe show up in Infinity War um, yeah, as maybe. people who, who have knowledge of the elder parts of the universe would be really cool. So yeah, um, I, I, I hope there's more Jeff Goldblum in our future. That's all I can keep saying on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually brings me to Avengers Infinity War. Some news on that. Some great news. Alan Silvestri, the the man who scored the Avengers film, the original Avengers uh-huh. film, is going to return to score both Infinity War films, whatever they may be called at that point in time. Nice. Okay, cool. I really like the Avengers music uh, in the first movie. Um, it's just something about it. It's just when you hear it, I'm like, I know what this is. It gets me pumped. It takes me back to those feelings of watching the first Avengers because I love that movie. Man, I feel like you really had to dig to get that little bit of news because I feel like uh, the um, the John Williams news would have washed over uh, any sort of Avengers scoring well, <laughs> coming uh, up. You can tell that one came out first before um, <laughs> the John Williams stuff we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but also, the Infinity War, we talked about how they might call Avengers Infinity War Part 1 Avengers 3. Well, that was just a typo on that one article where they <laughs> they, they said the, they came back to clarify, like, uh, the third Avengers film, and someone just assumed it meant Avengers 3. So we're clarifying that nothing is going to be called Avengers 3. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were not fans of that, as you can listen to last week's episode and find out. <laughs> uh, and that brings us to an interesting bit of news, Marvel Animation, something that mm-hmm. we never talk about because I think they only do TV shows right now, um, are working on Rocket, Groot, and Ant-Man short animated like segments or films or something like that. 
that's weird. I wonder where they're supposed to go. <laughs> I don't like when know. I th- like yeah. when I think of short, like is it supposed to lead? Like are they going to tack it on to the beginning of movies? Like maybe like Pixar does. Uh, see, that's the thing. That's the rumor is that these are going to be like done to be um, to replace the one shots, but kind of at the beginning of the film. Um, because there's, you know, Ant-Man again, he needs a little more to go on until his, his solo film. Rock and Groot don't, I feel, but, um, this is a company, a French company called Film France, um, mm-hmm. or in, I, I can't even, I, I'm not going to try to pronounce some of these French things. Um, but, uh, Ant-Man is currently not in the, uh, the cartoon TV series, but Rocket and Groot are, so we'll have to see, um what's going on with this i like the idea of maybe including these on the digital or blu-ray releases because Mm -hmm. they kind of need something to like sweeten up that release like oh why do i buy this version you know if i can just like stream it somewhere else because you know they are going to start putting this stuff up on netflix so it makes me think like oh that's actually kind of cool i like the idea of maybe buying um civil war on blu-ray and then i get a little short of like ant-man maybe it's just kind of like almost like an anticipation of like a little ant-man adventure that leads up to his next movie you Mm. know it doesn't necessarily affect his canon so much so the you know the director doesn't have to be a slave to a little ant-man short that was made before uh but yeah i kind of like that idea that might be kind of fun yeah uh, the other alternate coin is that these could just technically be disney xd shorts um on for their animated platform or, or maybe a digital platform so yeah, uh, maybe we, maybe we there's probably like way. there's probably like a Disney XD app or something out there maybe. Yeah, uh, we I don't know, um, but I it could go either way. But that's just kind of interesting news that they're kind of doing those with uh, animated stuff. So mm-hmm. just want to point that out. You like Stanley? I like Stanley. He's Ugh, I got love Stanley. My I, my picture with him is in my living room. That's how how much I like Stanley. I love Stanley so much. I get worried every time I realize how old he is. <laughs> I just Any, start... anytime Stanley's in the news, you get a little concerned. Yeah, uh, it's like oh. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know, like Stanley is dead. Tired of go- going to comic cons, like clickbait titles. Like I uh, hate those. Oh, that's that's awful. Yes. <laughs> so, but he did reveal his favorite superhero films thus far. Um, Ooh. And do you have any inclination on what that might be? It's definitely one he appeared in, so okay. that might I narrow would, it down. Did he, how, how many did he name? He named one. His favorite name superhero one. film. I'm thinking uh, Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man One. Oh, I knew. I just I knew it was going to be one of those Sam Raimi Spider-Man ones. Yeah. I just felt like he, because I think his cameo. I picked his cameo in the second one. Because I know in the first one he saved somebody from a crowd, but I feel like he saved somebody from that coffee shop scene in the second one. I don't no, remember no. what his cameo. Well, kind of. It's at the end of that whenever um, Octopus – I think it's the bank scene. It's right after the bank scene where he saves Oh, him. yeah. I think it is. And there's some debris falling and he pulls them out of the way or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Much like the first one. But he, he said like Spider-Man 1 uh, uh, better. I like Spider-Man 2 a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so Stan Lee's favorite Spider-Man 1. So for all those people who – you know, if you see him, he's going to be in Louisville uh, this at the end of this month. Uh, get him to I would have you know, loved it if he was just like didn't pull any punches, just like, oh yeah, it was totally the Deadpool one because I got to go to a strip club. <laughs> he did say he was mad about that. Um, oh man, <laughs> that that actual his, his his performance in that because they filmed him in a separate set, not at the actual strip club. Oh so yeah, that's why he's mad because like I wanted to see some titties. <laughs> yep, that's that's Stan Lee for you right there, buddy. So. He's a good guy. He called me a good man, and that's all I put on my resume from now on. It's just yeah. Stanley called me a good man. 
Yeah, uh, that line. leads us into some Spider-Man news, Mike. Oh, yeah. So I, I, you should have looked at the notes. That definitely would have told you what his favorite film would have been. <laughs> but it, Spider-Man Homecoming has added Kenneth Choi, an actor who was actually in Captain America the First Avenger. Okay. What 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 did he do? I don't, he, I don't, he, he was one of the uh, Howling Commandos. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, he's um, the, the, the Asian-looking one. Uh, and everyone's okay. like, oh, he doesn't speak English. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do. So... Do you think they're just casting him in a different role? Because I'm, I'm just trying yes. to like okay, because yes, it, it like, is a different I, role. Because my the the crank in my mind was trying to figure out how we incorporate flashbacks in World War Two into Spider Man. I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah, so yeah, no, he's, he's definitely not. Um, they've done this before in Avengers One. Uh, the guy, there's a police officer who actually ends up being Agent Sousa and Agent Carter. Uh, I mean, um, in, in Avengers, the are not Avengers, Civil War, the lady mm-hmm. who confronts Tony Stark in the elevator is going to be in Luke Cage as a different character. Yeah, uh, it's just, I mean, you've got such good actors. Maybe you don't want to limit them to just a small throwaway role. Yeah, and, and, and plus, like, I couldn't think of when you said his name, I couldn't really think of him. So mm-hmm. I think maybe if they're bringing him back up from the another Avengers movie, like maybe he's going to be maybe a little bit of a bigger role. That might be kind of cool. Maybe he's going to be like some sort of like scientist at Oscorp or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have to see what goes on. But he was also in Agents of Shield, um, playing his character Jim Morita. So uh, definitely, he's been around. So I'm glad Marvel's keeping him. I like him. Good, mm-hmm. good job. And now let's talk. We're gonna switch gears. That's Marvel news. We're gonna stay in the Disney family and talk Star Wars, Mike. Yeah. But not Star Wars Rogue One because we know that's gonna be just fine. Nobody panic. Star Wars Episode Eight. We got our first uh, set photo um, from the director. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess because filming's wrapping up, it's in the last steps of filming, and it appears to be um, Luke Skywalker's cape that he's wearing, like his Jedi cape. Yeah, and- this this looks like a really fancy or like hipster like um, like shopping display. Like buy this cloak, four hundred dollars, <laughs> authentic. Use it for your D and D campaigns. <laughs> um, but you know, it's also kind of a little ominous because you know, in um, A New Hope, all we saw the last bit of Obi One was you know his cape. So uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have to do with that. I'm just. I'm just giving you a run for your money. But, yeah, so that's that's what's going on with uh, Star Wars. But also the biggest news, which you've already brought up, Star Wars Episode Eight will be scored again by John Williams. Yeah, and I'm pretty and, sure he's also doing Indiana Jones, right? Oh, man, that news is down later in the article. <laughs> we'll get to that. You ruined the, you ruined the I'm just making later. I'm just making the podcast more efficient. Oh, yeah, no, no. You'll see why it's down there. But, <laughs> okay. but his reason is for Star Wars, he didn't want to didn't want anyone else to write music for Daisy Ridley. Oh, so. man, she is that 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 actor, Daisy Ridley is just infectious. I use that word a lot and I think it's just like when when an actor just gets under my skin and I just want to know everything that they're doing. Um, I, I, I follow her on Instagram and I, I am just under an assumption here and if I'm wrong, don't tell me because I just want to live in this fantasy world where usually big actors have somebody else do their social media. like everybody else writes it, you know they, they're almost like they try to write in the in the voice of the of the actor. but I feel like Daisy Ridley is actually typing out these messages under her like photos and videos that she's putting up and she just seems like so genuinely like nice. And, like, I, I could totally get why John Williams would just, like, swoon over the idea of writing music for her. So I think that just goes to show you Daisy the Rizzly. Um, uh, she, she's she's so a bay hot right, right now. now. So she's hot a bay right, right now. now. <laughs> yeah. 
So that, I thought that was really cool. And John Williams, you know, he's up there in age, but if we can get some more Star Wars at him, it'll just be magical. Just mm-hmm. absolutely magical. And, you know, maybe another mysterious movie that we haven't brought up yet he might do too. Yes, uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, now we're going to get back into Fox. We saw X-Men Apocalypse. We have a spoiler cast, guys. Listen to our spoiler cast there for you. Uh, but Wolverine 3 is the next Marvel film. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or I guess Fox Marvel film. And, and to be honest... I'm pretty excited for this as well. Um, it could potentially be titled, the rumor is, just called Wolverine Weapon X. Um, kind of a throwback to what, how we saw him in, in another film. Um, right. And, you know, his title. His, his, he's been Weapon X in the comics forever. So uh, I don't care either way, as long as they make a good movie, right? Yeah, I think that's starting to make sense. Like, I'm, I'm trying to lean myself away from this idea of Old Man Logan because just the more and more I think about it, the more and more it's just not going to make sense. I think Old Man Logan also uh, requires that kind of post-apocalyptic landscape, which I think really makes the story unique um, when it was made. So I don't know how the remake of Old Man Logan went out because they just published that like earlier this year or last year. Uh, so I think it, they're just going to kind of take ideas of Logan kind of getting old, not getting older, but, you know, moving on through the world while everybody else gets older around him. You know, he's seeing his, I guess, like hero idol, um, uh, Professor Xavier getting older and, you know, he's looking old in some of these photos we're going to talk about. So I yeah. think, yeah, Weapon X kind of makes more sense now than Old Man Logan. Yeah, so we've got some photos uh, brought to us by uh, Just Jared and shows uh, Wolverine pushing Professor X in like an older wheelchair, not his floaty wheelchair, and they both look kind of worse for the wear, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine's got, or Hugh Jackman's got his big beard out. Uh, um, Professor Xavier looks really, really not well, uh, to, to be honest. Like, if you saw Patrick Stewart like this in real life, you'd think he was sick. Um, <laughs> in the next photo, however, it shows him with a little girl in a jacket. And that girl's an actress in this movie, not a an, a person standing around. And I'm going to get to that <laughs> here in a little bit. But I just kind of want to see all three of them together. Um, before we get to this next photo of a close-up of Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. And I pointed something out to you on this photo. Um, if you look at Xavier, he's got a bunch of wispy hair on top of his head, mm-hmm. which I've never seen before. I mean, that looks like that's very, very peculiar because he's normally clean shaven, very, very well put together. And both of these actors in this moment do not look put together. Very yeah, well. I mean, the the setting, it looks like, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the location. I, some, for some reason, I feel like it kind of seems like a funeral type of Location. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if like they've just w- went to Beast Funeral or something like that. I don't know. Well, it's it's um it's a uh, theater kind of performance place. Um, it's actually a casino. They're actually okay. at a casino, so they're running out of a casino. Um, so something was in this casino. Um, you know, I don't expect to see Wolverine in this very long. This could be a flashback. Um, this actually brings us to our third or fourth photo, with it shows Hugh Jackman with the little girl earlier, and she looks to be shot. Like, mm-hmm. she's bloody and, and things. And I, I think this is a flashback uh, of when they meet what I think is X-23, the clone of Wolverine. And that's a little, mm. the little girl version of her before she gets older later in the future. Oh, maybe. I don't – yeah, I don't know. This is – I just have no idea where this movie is going to go. I haven't seen – um, the the Wolverine or the Wolverine movie since I saw it that one time in theaters. So I don't even really know necessarily how much it holds up. I know people are all bent out of shape about um, 
The, the first uh, one or the, the second sam- one? Or the second you- one. Okay. The second one. I know a lot of people were bent on a shape about how they handled the samurai yeah, in that samurai. movie. But I, I, I remember it being decent when I saw it. I don't know necessarily how it holds up, um, even though it's not that old. But I got to go back and watch that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Uh, I think to me it's a very – I like a personal Wolverine story that's uh-huh. not you know inflated by other mutants like mm-hmm. Origins was. So to me that was a really really good one, um, but the the what brings me to like the reason I think this is a flashback because they're still casting X twenty three, and here's there's a bunch of notes but I'm just gonna pick out a couple uh, things in here. Her code name is Zoe, okay, um, and that's not the name for X twenty three. Her name is I believe is Laura, um, Laura something I can't Laura Kinney. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know where Zoe comes from. Um, she uh, is kind. The character is a person raising captivity in the time of battle, uh-huh. uh, and has no family. Um, she is now released down to the outside world, and everything's new and a new experience. And she, the the very explicit note says, "Do not play it cute for this character. Do not wear <laughs> makeup. Do not do. You know, this is not a princess thing." So this is this potential X twenty three casting says that I to me. The first photo of the little girls, they, they meet her for the first time, and now they're getting into the future where they'll have flashbacks. Because I don't think Wolverine's going to keep that beard and that weird hair forever. I think we're <laughs> going to get to see a, an older Wolverine style. So that's just me. And there's a lot here. I'm not going to go over it all, but I mean, I'm really excited for the next Wolverine movie. Yeah. Uh, because I think, you know, I was assuming Deadpool, smaller pieces with, you know, just a couple mutants work out really well. And I think Wolverine 3, with that R rating, is going to take us to a whole new level. Ooh, yeah. Super excited. Super excited. However, I am not excited for uh, Gambit, which... Uh, Man, Gambit news. This is... It's been a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, for good reason. Uh, so, a couple bits of notes here. None, none of these are, sound good except one of them. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, I guess two <laughs> out of three are bad. Never mind. Channing Tatum has uh, is committed to the film despite rumors he's been joining DC. Have you heard these rumors? I haven't even. I have not heard the DC rumors. What what was that? Okay, so uh, for the Flash, uh, when they added the new director uh, Rick Fumiyawa uh, mm-hmm. last week, um, he went and as soon as they announced him, he followed a bunch of DC people. Everyone was DC. Everyone was that, and except for Channing Tatum and a pile oh. of other characters. And so people and people are tracking when uh, directors start following people on Twitter. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's been going on for a long time. So they thought, oh, Channing Tatum's now joining DC, and he's going to play. A lot of people thought Captain Cold. He'd be a good Captain Cold. Yeah, I, don't I, know. Could, see, I could see that. I could, I could see it, too. Um, but I think that's a very, uh, I don't know, I don't think they'll use that character because uh-huh. he's in the TV show doing so well. Uh, or is he? That's, a, that's actually, <laughs> That actually just clicked the light bulb in my head. Um, so... Chan Tam says he's committed to the film despite rumors joining DC. However, Doug Lyman, the director, is taking reportedly looking to sign on to another film, which may push Gambit back even more. Man, they kind of doesn't give me any faith in this film at all. <laughs> have they? They've lost like what two directors now? Well, they've lost one director, but Lyman will probably be the director. But he may like his schedule may he may push that the production of this one back. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we're still kind of holding true where we're not sure Gambit makes a good standalone movie to begin with. Yes. However, there's an interesting note here. Fox does not have non-compete clauses in their contracts, meaning that any character can go do another film, a comic book film, whether it be DC or Sony or Marvel, despite the fact they've been in a Fox film, uh, such as Michael B. Jordan joining Black Panther. Uh, So, I mean, it's possible. I mean, mean, because technically Channing Tatum playing Gambit, he's not in Marvel Cinematic 
universe wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So he's in that Fox universe, which, you know, who knows what's going to happen with it now uh, with the X-Men Apocalypse. Not kind of sh- being a shining beacon like they thought it might be. But, I, I, I mean, screw it. I mean, he's, I, he's, he's a hot commodity. There's no reason, like, just waiting around for Gambit to film. He's just like, I'm going to do new, go do another movie. Yeah, and, and The Flash would definitely be an interesting choice. Um, mm-hmm. I, honestly, they'd probably have to rethink a lot of their Gambit choices up to that point. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to play out, but that is, that is some clarification. Uh, speaking of The Flash and the DC Cinematic Universe, Suicide Squad has some news. It has been officially rated PG-13 for sequences of violence and action throughout, disturbing behavior, suggestive content, and language. Mm, okay, that's cool. Uh, I, I mean, I, we knew it wasn't going to be rated R, so... <laughs> yeah, every, apparently there was a large group of people who were like, oh, this is going to be rated R. No, it wasn't. They no. didn't film it with that in mind. They're not going to do it. Not yet, at least, so... I bet maybe they might do a similar gimmick with uh, Batman vs. Superman, where maybe they have enough... Uh, left over to where they can up it to like that rated R because I know it's going to get me to watch that Batman Superman re-release I got to see what makes that so rated R so maybe it'll work for uh, Suicide Squad as well uh, or should we have an unrated uh, ultimate version of the spoiler cast for <laughs> okay, unrated. we'll just open it with a bunch of swear words <laughs> that's right and, and dirty jokes uh, however <laughs> there are um, three new images there's more than three Im- images there's a bunch of images out for this but I, I picked three I want to talk about Okay. First off, we got the Enchantress, uh, who looks like she's covered in mud and grime and um, not with the team. Yet again, I want to point that out. <laughs> I think she's the villain. You're holding uh, however, strong to that theory. I am. However, I do like the authenticity of her outfit and how she looks, and that looks really cool. Very different. Very, mm-hmm. very unique. Uh, next up is the Joker. A, a, a good look at him. Um, I believe he's talking to Common, a.k.a. the tattooed man in this photo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of see his tattoos. His bling looks very like a... You go into a, a club and he's in the back room of the, that club, kind of mm-hmm. kind of image. So there's the Joker, and uh, lastly, the last image is the in the prison when they're assembling the Suicide Squad, and uh, we see Scott Eastwood there, um, very very prominent in the left in the green tank top. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's we've seen him in the trailer, but what role does he play? We don't know. Yeah, I mean Scott Scott Eastwood has been popping up a lot recently and a lot of talks of casting of many things for a while he was rumored uh with uh for the han solo role so he's not he's no small potato so if he's on set it seems like he's gonna be a big deal at some point in the movie yeah or at least you know the cinematic universe as a whole um yeah again popular theory is that he's nightwing playing there by batman Um, maybe i mean this could be kind of like a way for nightwing to get some extra kind of abilities you know yeah yeah, and definitely, you know, show he's a, he's more military trained than kind of I don't know something that fits in this universe. But either mm-hmm. way, Scott Eastwood's there with with uh, three of the other main characters, so uh, we'll definitely play this by ear and, and see what that looks like because I think that's that might be our next superhero movie this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, August. it's definitely our next superhero movie, and that's not till I believe is August, August? isn't it? So yeah. yeah. It's going to be an interesting uh, long summer as I patiently, I'm not patient, wait for Civil War <laughs> to come out on DVD as we talked about. Uh, and that brings us to Batman the Killing Joke, the animated film. We've talked about uh-huh. it a little bit in passing. Um, it is receiving a single night theatrical r- run um, All right. <laughs> for the release. And it's R-rated, uh, so if you guys want to see the Killing Joke animated movie in theaters, um, or buy it for the same price as the movie, take it honestly, uh, this is your chance to do so. So um, keep your eyes open, look at your theaters, and you can do it. And this is the next bit of news, Mike. Are you ready for this next bit of news? 
Bring it. Okay, because this is probably one of my favorite DC <laughs> bits of news this week. And that is Injustice 2, the video game, has been announced with a first trailer and gameplay footage. And I believe this is a fighting game, right? Yes. So uh, have you ever played the first Injustice Gods Among Us game? I think I played it very briefly on like an iPad. So, okay. so I definitely probably didn't get the full experience, but it looked cool. Okay. So um, when Injustice came out, so a long time ago, there's Mortal Kombat versus DC, um, mm-hmm. which was essentially like Marvel versus Capcom, but it didn't do so well. Uh, so they created um, a fighting game, the Injustice Cosmos, which is in the future. Superman has just gone crazy and taken over the world. And he's got his team of people like, you know, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Some people are on the scene like Strong Power, but there's also like Batman trying to figure out a way to take him down and, you know, work from the streets up. It's a very, it's built by the guys who did Mortal Kombat. It's really well done. The story's amazing. And that's coming from me. Um, it spawned a five, uh, five comic book series, um, Injustice Volumes 1 through 5, because there's year 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 leading up to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fantastic. So Injustice 2 has been announced, the next fighting game, and the first trailer shows that this is a little different. Um, you get armor, or, and the, the way your character actually adapts to the fighting, like if you win or lose, depends on how the character progresses throughout the game. Yeah, it seems like every yeah the that kind of cinematic trailer is just like, oh hey, everybody has armor, everybody gets armor. So I wasn't sure if that was in the first game, but it looked no. kind of cool. Yeah, definitely not. This does this doesn't look like the first game. This kind of seems like maybe like a fighting simulator kind of game, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. It, it didn't really. Uh, you know, um, reference the initial game. So I don't know if it's related or a separate entity in and of yeah. itself. It seems like if you liked buying those armored Batman action figures that had no continuity in whatever TV show or movie that they were making them for, it seems like you get to play some more armored Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And what? Um, and to go back to your point, the Injustice game for iPad and iPhone is nothing like the main game. That's um, what I figured. <laughs> so, so that I would, I when I, they, you can play that and get credits that apply to your actual video game version. So you can buy skins and costumes and, and other stuff and more whatever in the game. So that's kind of the point of the iPad version. But this one, the gameplay footage shows a bunch of cool characters. Supergirl taking front stage in a lot of this stuff. Uh-huh. Superman, Batman. Um, I believe we saw Atrocitus, the Red Lantern, uh, in there. Um, Black Manta or Black Ray. Black. I don't know. One of the Aquaman villains. Captain Cold's gun. Aquaman. Aquaman looks a little weird, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but... He's in there. I, I mean, there's just a lot to, uh, to like in, in the first Injustice game. So I, I think I'm going to get this, Mike. I think I'm really excited to get this All game. right. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, some uh, Twitch streams. Maybe I can see uh, how it plays. Yes, definitely. Which brings us to the point here that we might have a lot more information at the end of this week because E3 uh, is this week, the biggest gaming kind of convention in, in of the year, I think. Yeah. E3 is, E3 is really exciting. I think a lot of people who listen to uh, our show will know by now that I don't play too many video games anymore, but I'm always up on the video game news because, I don't know, the, the industry is still really exciting. I might not have time to sit down and pick up a controller, but I still like seeing the things that get made. And E3 is always really exciting because, like, 
E3 is kind of a unique convention where it's just chocked full of announcements. Like when when you when you come down to like things like Comic Con, usually you know that stuff is coming, and then you just kind of get new footage or new trailers or new screenshots. But with E3, like legitimate new things get announced. Like sometimes consoles, like brand new titles, like release things get new fresh. Uh, light. So I like E3. So I'm my biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is probably I'm hoping, crossing my fingers that e, that Nintendo shows up, straps on a pair of balls, and it's just like here's our next gen console. Finally, good graphics. We're gonna have good online play. We're gonna play with the big boys. We're gonna be everything that everybody else is and more. And we're finally gonna be able to call ourselves like the number one uh like video game console and publisher on the planet so i'm hoping they show up with a big old sack of nuts but i don't know if that's gonna happen uh but that's what i'm crossing my fingers for you might be waiting for a long time (laughs) i i I have a nintendo wii and and we don't play nearly as much i am waiting for pokemon snap to come on the virtual consoles like i had a a big conversation last night around the fire pit about Mm -hmm. the wii u and how it's built for nostalgia but not for you know, third-party games. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my biggest thing here, I'm a big Halo fan, and Halo Wars mm-hmm. 2, supposedly the multiplayer beta drops tomorrow after the Microsoft conference. I'm a big oh, I'm cool. a big Xbox guy. Um, I actually have the new dashboard they'll probably be previewing tomorrow, where I actually, it went from saying, hey, Xbox at my Connect, I now have to say, hey, Cortana, which oh. is annoying as shit that they added another <laughs> syllable, and it, it's really frustrating. It doesn't work yet, but it's a beta, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I have fun. I'm good. But um, I'm really excited to see what Microsoft brings to the table. A uh, little little fact, a little leak here. Uh, the EA is going on right now, but we're going to talk about this next week. But um, just to kind of like get your feet wet a little bit, Mike, um, an Xbox Slim. Think about it. So. Yeah, I'm I, I'm thinking that Xbox is going to come out with no disk drive. It's going to be all hard drive. And I think I might be down, maybe down for that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep you guys. Next week is our video game. We're going to do a wrap up on that and we'll, and we'll talk about it. But um that brings us to another dc announcement this week which kind of made me sad but not sad at the same time is Uh justice league dark we've talked about this movie it's been on the plate guillermo del toro was working on it but Uh as we know anything he does says he's doing he never finishes (laughs) um however it's been confirmed to be in production as an animated film in the Uh dc lineup yeah that's a that's a weird pill to swallow because it's kind of like two two ways you can look at it the sad way you can look at it is just like, oh man, we were hoping maybe Guillermo would would get on top of this, give us some more superhero love, you know, since who knows if we're ever going to see Hellboy 3. Like, oh, this could be really, really cool. But but then at the same time, DC kind of makes some of the best animated stuff out there, mm. so they could make this really phenomenal. So I, do you think there's a possibility that maybe we could still get the movie? Like the live action? I don't think so. I think I think at the point maybe the budget for a Justice League Dark movie just wasn't there. They don't. It doesn't fit in their continuity at all. And they're like, you know what? In animation, we have no universe. We can do whatever we want on uh-huh. a very same budget because people are just drawing it or working on their computers. So let's go ahead and take the idea we've got here and just convert it to animation and just make it happen that way. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't think it'll ever happen in a movie form. I think we'll only get the animated version. However, uh-huh. I will probably watch this movie. I have skipped <laughs> all the other. All the other ones have been Batman movies, to be honest. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not that thrilled about watching Batman Bad Blood because all I can think about is Taylor Swift in my head every time. <laughs> I say that. So uh, again, but there are some good, great DC animation films I do enjoy. I like the Green Lantern, the First Flight. Um, 
you know, things like that. I, I, w- I would like to see a Blackest Night, a Green Lantern Blackest Night animated film. Uh-huh. I think that would be really fun, or War of Light series. But um, Just League Dark, I'll probably watch it, I'm going to be honest. so Nice, nice. Yes. A character that might show up in it, probably won't, um, is Lobo. Uh-huh. Uh, are you familiar with Lobo? Yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of like an anti-hero, I believe. Yeah, he's anti-hero. Um, he's kind of a he's an interstellar mercenary and bounty hunter. Uh, he kind of got the Rob Zombie look. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you cross Rob Zombie with Spawn, I think is what he looks like. Um, very very anti-hero. However, uh, Jason uh, Fuchs, I believe you pronounce his name. Uh, the he wrote Wonder Woman for DC. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As teases his involvement, he's reported early. We reported him earlier to be writing Lobo, and he's been taking pictures of Lobo comics and tweeting them uh, mm-hmm. lately. So, so you're talking live action Lobo now, right? Not yes, animated. I am. I believe Lobo will be a live action film at some point in time if the script kind of takes off. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of groundwork um, because I mean, dead. I mean, Deadpool. I guess was not super well known to the public but he had a pretty strong indie following uh but lobo's really not on many people's radar you got you got to be a dc fan to kind of know who lobo is you're not going to get like uh side side loaded lobo knowledge of just kind of watching some random dc animated stuff or just seeing the dc movies that have been out so they're going to have some groundwork to put down for lobo yeah definitely and uh, what's really kind of weird is DC announced their slate, and it sounds like all the movies they're working on are nothing really on their wheelhouse anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, we knew, The Rock is playing Shazam and Bla- or Black Adam in the Shazam movie, but we haven't heard anything else about the, the Shazam movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually heard more about Lobo, which isn't even on the radar. So yeah, um, I th- I think a lot of obviously a lot of stuff got mixed up and pushed around and on pause after the aftermath of Batman vs Superman, which makes sense. You know, you kind of need to. Uh, Take a lean back, take a second, take a deep breath and go, okay, let's fix this. Let's make people happy to go see a DC movie again. So, you know, it makes sense that maybe we're not getting a whole lot out yet. And to me, I think it's, uh, since we announced it back in March that he was going to be writing it, I think it's a Deadpool. Like, it's it's DC's Deadpool. Because mm-hmm. um, it can be R-rated, raunchy, bad, horrible, dirty jokes, and really no consequences. Uh, so, mm-hmm. that's how makes I Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Supergirl TV show. We talked about Supergirl last week. Season two is looking to shape up to be something interesting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman has officially will officially be in season two, not as a shadow. They're casting him for the season. Yeah, that's right. Because CW doesn't play. I think this is a really, really cool way to bring a big guy like Superman into into the CW universe, kind of um, in like kind of like a back alley way. Like, it's hard for me to imagine a superhero TV show. Um, obviously, they're Smallville, but I think that kind of makes sense because you have a character like Clark Kent really struggling learning his powers, and then plus, you know. Imagine trying a, a TV budget, trying to display Superman every episode. That'd be really, really hard because he's always flying, shooting lasers, picking up big, heavy things. That's big screen uh, movie theater experiences. So I could see like this is a way to bring Superman into the CW universe maybe once or twice a season. Maybe he jumps over into the Arrow universe one time. Maybe he shows up and helps the Flash once, and then you know we don't see him again until a year later. So I think that's cool. And if they if they're willing to bring in Superman, who imagine if they could bring in Batman? 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely right here. So a couple things uh, this brings out to me. Maybe he's only in the pilot. Maybe this is part of the Flashpoint paradox we're going to get because of the Flash going back in time at mm-hmm. the end of season two. And maybe Superman is something different than we thought he would be come this time around. And that's what Supergirl's dealing with. Also, mm-hmm. um, maybe Superman... Um, since Superman's being now being officially added to a TV series, that means DC has loosened up maybe some reins on their characters. Because a lot of the characters that were in the TV show's Arrow, uh, they had their own Suicide Squad and The Flash. They were killed off or, or removed from the show so they could ha- be in their movies. Um, but bringing Superman back in, so maybe they, they're not going to be using Superman for a while other than maybe the Justice League movies. I think they just, they just got to realize that CW is doing a really good job on CW level budgets, they're cranking out 23 episodes a year, and they're getting fans really, really hyped and excited. You know, potentially for their movies later except, in the except future. Except for the Arrow fans, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're still not happy. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I I would love bringing the big man. Yeah, yeah. In, in so we'll have to definitely see how it goes. Um, so yeah, but also there's a, a couple. There's a bunch of characters coming to the show. Uh, Lena Luther, I believe, is the uh, sister of Lex Luther. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've never heard of her actually before uh, this. So um, anyone who has any information on Lena Luther, it's, it's Lex's younger sister. I think she appeared in 2010, or no, no, first appearance 1961. I lied, but she was really big in, in the recent uh, line of comics. Um, Maggie Sawyer, uh, she's currently the girlfriend of Batgirl. I believe in the, or Batwoman in the comic books. Uh, that's a popular comic book character. Smaller ones are someone called Nick Farrow, the Doctor, really, really unspecific, and no, it's not Doctor <laughs> Who, and Snapper Carr, who is like a reporter being added to the, the, where she works. So, all right, um, all right, okay. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like the CW shuffling some characters around. They're gonna find out what worked and what didn't work, and maybe uh, tailor the the second season more to their stories. And, and like you said, we trust them. So let's let's see what that plays out as. Uh, another show that we didn't really watch, and you know, we should feel bad about it a little bit, is <laughs> is Gotham season three. But they're adding an interesting character this time around. Mm-hmm. Vicky Vale from the oh. Batman movies uh, is actually joining. Not the same actress, not the same character. We don't know the role she's going to be in it. But Vicky Vale will be joining Gotham season three. Oh, and that just kind of goes to show they're just throwing everything out the window. They're like, whatever, <laughs> whatever actually happened in Batman's life, we're just making our own new things now. Yeah, I feel like this might be a good like binge watching show. You know, just uh, whenever I like, I'm running out of things to watch, and it's like, yeah, I should just, I should just dig into Gotham a little bit. So maybe, you know, no promises, but I, it'd be nice to see what they're doing over there. I feel Gotham's one of those shows where I need to find the highlight episodes of the first two seasons and just watch those, uh-huh. and then just start with three. Like, yeah, that might be I don't need idea. to watch them all because I heard the first season is kind of slow and kind of drags and isn't very good. So if if anyone knows where I can find a highlight real or like <laughs> highlight episodes of, of season one two let me know and i'll watch it so um and that brings us to another cw show legends of tomorrow mm-hmm. um we we watched it we've not watched it it's whatever it floats back and forth um vixen will be joining the cast for season two. Ooh, that's cool vixen uh, was uh, popped up in arrow, arrow i believe arrow uh, season five and she has yeah. her own cartoon uh on the cw seed uh, mm-hmm. with two seasons however the actress who played her and voices her, Megalyn E.K., will not be the the TV version for Legends of Tomorrow. Ooh, I wonder what happened there. Uh, so so um, the actress who plays her is still going to be the current timeline version and the cartoon version. She's too busy. Um, oh. However, they're going to go back in time and get an older version of Vixen 
and bring okay. her into the time stream. All right, I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> uh, so when you have time uh, travel, you can do whatever you want is what we're we're finding out here. So whatever works, as long as it's good, and uh, we'll have to see how that plays off. So Legends of Tomorrow Season 2, probably this fall. A uh, last bit of DC news. We've had a lot of DC news here today, and that's great. Uh, Justice League Action, uh, the cartoon we've talked about that looks a little weird, um, is, is coming. It's a little fun. Uh, there's our first look at a lot of major characters here on this uh, image at like a press conference last week. And you can kind of see some of the characters here. Um, I see Firestorm, uh, Hawkman, Harley Quinn, Lobo himself. Yeah, um, looks like Shazam's up there, the Joker, Shazam. Martian Manhunter. Yep, uh, I believe um, that to be a, a doctor, a Blue Beetle on the upper left, a Riddler. Uh, I can't even t- tell who the, the third one is. We'll have the image here for you guys to look at. Um, but a lot of these characters are kind of interesting. You can make out who they are. You can't, but um, definitely interested. I think a Swamp Thing on the the second row, far left. Uh, a lot of interesting characters, a very unique, I guess not unique, but a very uh, telling art style. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it look, kind of looks like Batman the Animated Series, but more mm-hmm. updated and a little more colorful. So um, it's good to see Harley Quinn going back to her old Batman the Animated Series look. and it, Back it, to her roots. <laughs> who knows if it's in the continuity or not, so we'll have to see how this plays off because the Joker and her look a lot the same from that. Yeah, I bet we get some news at Comic-Con about this. Yeah, San, San Diego Comic-Con will give us a lot of clarification on what's going on. But, yeah, you can take a look at these characters who are going to show up in there and see if uh, any of them are your favorites, if you know any of them. So let us know. I'm interested to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, now for the bit of news Mike spoiled earlier, uh, we're <laughs> going to talk a little bit about Indiana Jones 5 that will be scored by John Williams as well. Yeah, John Williams. Yes, uh, he did not give a reason for scoring this one like he did uh, Star Wars, uh, <laughs> Daisy Ridley. Maybe he just has a thing for Harrison Ford and likes to follow him <laughs> around. Uh, but Indiana Jones 5 will be scored by John Williams, which um, even though we may not be the biggest fans of how this sounds since the last one didn't go over very well and it's... The same writer, I believe, coming back. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to play it by ear. Wink, wink, because we're going to listen to John Williams' music. And, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell it's the end of the podcast when the jokes are starting to get really bad. Um, but so, yeah, John Williams. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know what goes on there. Mm-hmm. A potential spoiler cast for this summer is Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, resurgence. And uh, there's officially, as well, been given a PG-13 rating. However, the explanation for why was not revealed as well but um, i think I, that uh, that makes sense usually these tent pole summer action movies kind of have to be pg-13 so i my my wife's looking forward to the movie i had to double check with her to make sure that we were uh, gonna see this one she was just like yeah duh of course we're seeing it. i was just like okay just making sure i didn't remember but uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing this this is this is the type of movie that um you 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 take your time and you get concessions you know a lot of these like marvel movies i'm just like nope not dealing with concessions not putting any liquid in my body not getting any popcorn i don't want to worry about having to get something caught in my teeth but like no man i'm gonna go all out and i'm gonna drive people like you crazy you hate the theater snacks and i'm getting all the goods for this one well i only hate theater snacks in a movie i'm really interested in so this one i I could probably care less as well if you're eating it but it's two uh i believe it's two and a half hours long uh, is Mm -hmm. what it's looking at here Uh, and it's almost exactly 20 years after the first one came out so yeah and it's got your jeff goldblum in it oh yeah that's for jeff, you jeff 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 
Look, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mike's a little excited. Let's uh, let's reel him back in a little bit with some Pacific Rim Two news. This isn't reeling me back in. This oh. we like buried the lead the whole podcast. This is this is my favorite news of the whole week right here, and we saved it almost for the end. Yes, and it's where our title comes from. Actually, uh-huh. uh, if you haven't figured it out, John Boyega is cast as the lead role in Pacific Rim Two. Ooh, this. Th- I'll tell you why this is big news. This is big news because this shows a lot of faith in this in this sequel that we weren't always 100% sure what we were going to get not just like oh well, we lost a director there's no time Guillermo can't do it we just didn't know if it was ever going to get greenlit uh, just because the reception of the first one was soft and, you know, we it got some more money internationally, but then it, things kind of came back around for it. So this just shows we got a lot of trust in this movie because John Boyega mm-hmm. is a huge, giant mega star now because he was in The Force Awakens and everybody fell in love with him there. So this is awesome because some of the criticism people might have from the first Pacific Rim is uh, that lead actor. I don't remember his name. He's like an he was like an the Australian guy Son, that was Sons doing of Anarchy. Amer- yeah, that was yeah. doing an American accent. You know, he wasn't probably the biggest uh, star power draw for that movie. And some people said his performance was just kind of a uh, kind of a uh, maybe a little bit weird. But yeah, John Boyega, freaking John Boy Jaeger riding yeah. in a Jaeger. Oh, that's gonna be you, that's gonna be amazing. We and, we owe the we owe the title to Quentin Parker, a friend yeah. of the show. Uh, he texted that to us. <laughs> Whenever we, we, we got the news. Uh, yeah. My theory is John Boye might be the son of uh, Idris Elba, uh, yeah. who's in the first one. I think that makes sense. I, I, I really loved Idris Elba's character from the first one, so I love that there might be some lineage that carries on with him. And, uh, ooh, man, I'm just, I'm just so yeah. excited because this just – this just really shows faith in the movie. And also, John Boyega can do any movie he wants right now. Any yeah. movie. I'm sure his inbox is flooded, crammed with scripts. He can just put his finger on any of them and they'll give it to him. I'm sure he doesn't even have to audition. Yeah, come, uh, come do our show. <laughs> yeah, John. John. You come sit down right next to my little uh, my little card table here and you what? can... Uh, Share up, cozy up to my mic. No, you don't have to go to Mike's Mike's little closet and whole room where he records the show. <laughs> you can just get on Skype with us. All right, that's all. I'll take it. I'll take all it. Right. Send us a picture of yourself on Skype, and we'll <laughs> we'll ask you a question or two. So, oh man, so yeah, I'm I'm guessing that you're you would be at some level excited for this as well. Yeah, I love I, I like Pacific Rim too. I like Charlie Day in it. Um, I, I think he's gonna be a great addition to the second one. The mythology is this such a rich world, and we only got to mm-hmm. see a little bit, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. on, on the kaiju dimension and what was going on there. So I'm really kind of interested to see what goes on. I'm glad I got to see it in theaters because I don't think it holds up as well on, on a small TV at home. But mm-hmm. um, really excited to see where it goes. And like you said, John Boyega can do anything he wants. He's a Star Wars star. Yeah. So, like, if he's taking this, I, I, I believe in it. I yeah, I, get, I guarantee for a fact that we will spoiler cast the fudge out of that movie. Yeah, we totally will. <laughs> Another movie we might spoiler cast, just to help Mike clarify where this exists in the timeline, is Alien Covenant. Yeah, um, we're going to wrap up the show with this confusion, okay. <laughs> yes, so just it's before the Alien movie, Mike, but after Prometheus, so just to help you out here. Uh, Catherine Watterson is apparently not the lead character actress in the movie. However, we saw an image of her last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, her character has been revealed, which ties it into the first Alien movie. Are you interested okay. to hear what this is? Is she like uh, uh, related to um, to Ridley? To Ripley? Ripley. Yeah. That's right. 
Actually, it's her mother. You called it. You, you, ah, you guessed it right nice, away. Nice, nice. So I, I think that's a little too ironic that they're both space <laughs> people. But she did have that Ripley look whenever she, in that first photo. So yeah, you um, know this is this nice. is just you know what they need to do. Just go back and just uh, retitle Prometheus just to help me out here. We'll just call it Alien Prometheus. And Alien all... Prometheus and Mike yeah. and Mike will never complain again. <laughs> How about Alien Zero, and then this one can be Alien Point Five, and then we just yeah. numerically get no, no Point Fives. I can go on a rant about Point Fives right now, and actually I will for just a minute here because oh, I just well. want a couple seconds because I have a platform. You know what? Let's go with it. it's the end of the show. We got nothing to lose. Yeah, oh, t- except an audience. Ever, ha- like, have you ever played Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts is just a ridiculous shit show now. So. Uh, if anybody out there says that they 100% follow the plot of Kingdom Hearts, they are straight up lying to you because no one can follow that plot. The first episode, the the first game was relatively simpler compared to everything else that came out. And then, but basically my round of points is they came out with all these reduxes, redos, HD revives, <laughs> 1.5s, 2.5s, 3.5s, all these weird numbers. They started cramming in all these like Game Boy Advance and DS games and calling them like three quarters. Non, It's just no one can make sense of it. I cannot, <laughs> I'm not playing that third game, even if I had a console to play it on, because I wouldn't even understand it. You have to rely so much on these like hidden notes to read, to figure anything out. It's just crazy Japanese ridiculousness, so I'm, I'm sure it kind of fits the tone with like other games that come out over there, but uh, I, it just leaves me in a world where I wish things were a little bit simpler, especially now since uh, that game crosses over with Disney properties, which could heavily cross over with Marvel properties. That would be crazy. Are you kidding me? A Kingdom Hearts game where you get to like team up with like Iron Man and stuff, but <sighs> the game is just too complicated. So that's where my point, my point numbering system just gets ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully there's a timeline of releases on Wikipedia um, for <laughs> it. It doesn't matter. I think someone put together, um, like someone over at IGN or something, made like an omnibus video of where it would explain the Kingdom Hearts universe to you. It's ninety minutes long. It's like a fucking movie to understand what the hell's been going on with this game franchise. And even after you watch it, it makes no sense. Yeah, because it, uh, it, it's really because <laughs> there's Kingdom Hearts and two, and then uh, 1.5 remix was essentially an HD with like the mobile games added in there, and then 2.5, uh, which was the same thing, and then now there's 2.8. Uh, who the fuck decided to skip point yeah. threes? Like, and then and then some of the DS names were called like three eights, five eights, quarter something. Three three fifty eight slash two days, which makes no sense to me. <sighs> yeah, and then three D green dot <laughs> distance. Uh, I'm just looking at this. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like, I, stop okay, naming so these games. If we have any fans out there that can write in a like a one to two paragraph, a just tweet like, re- or two. <laughs> Yeah, just like something really condensed to explain the universe overall. I would be so impressed if you could condense that to kind of like half of a page in Google Doc. If you can open up a standard Google Doc and make no changes and write a half a page that explains what goes on in that game universe and preps any lay person for the third game, I would be impressed to no end. And I'll read the whole thing on the show. Yeah, I would. I, you know, not even if they did have Marvel characters, in it, I'd be pretty okay with that. What about yeah, toys? You, did they you, have a Pixar version yet? Are there Pixar uh, characters in these? 
I'm trying to remember the best I can. I can't speak for any of the mobile offshoots, but I knew that they did put Pirates of the Caribbean in the second game. Okay. So that that means that they're willing to kind of branch out to kind of real life uh, people. So and Tron was in the second one too. So uh, I, I would think he might as well. I mean, they're not doing that Disney Infinity thing anymore, so you might as well Me put too. them in Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah. And Final Fantasy is so hot right now. The, yeah. <laughs> the 15th one's coming out, so mm-hmm. might as well keep doing it. But yeah. that's our news for the week. I'm going to cut you off before you get on another video game, yeah, right, Mike, that, because video cool. games are next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're jumping the gun. Can't have that on our show. we gotta, we got to stick to a format here. So mm-hmm. um, in the meantime, if people want to see your picture, I believe you took it of the um, uh, Point Break Live. Mm-hmm. Where can they find these pictures and stuff that you do, Mike? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com every single week. Chris, you're going to be up on that Microsoft uh, uh, panel tomorrow, and I got to even look up at what time it starts out here because I'm probably going to be streaming it from the office. Uh, but I'm sure you're going to be live tweeting about that. So where can they where can they catch yes. all that? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan V A L D A N, or I might do some stuff on Comic UI and write it up so you can read it on Comic UI. We have a Facebook Twitter page as well. Well, uh, just kind of checking the news here before we left here. There is a new Star Wars game coming out that's not Battlefront. And, Ooh, that's uh, hot off just, the presses. That's hot <laughs> off the presses. EA just announced it because EA's panels today, and those are platform agnostic uh, right now. But mm-hmm. um, I'm really kind of excited to see what a new game does for the the thing. Yeah. Uh, and it look the, there's a couple images that look great. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. But uh, where else can people find us if they want to? You know. Um, take us on the road with them maybe to australia south america <laughs> wherever they want to listen to that mike where can they find those channels well as always the best place to go is to visit superheroslate.com i know sometimes it can get confusing to subscribe to podcasts because you got to search in different search fields off of different platforms just head on over our website superheroslate.com we have a nice easy very forward-facing giant yellow subscribe button that's the best place you can find the links to yes. all the places you can you can subscribe <laughs> we're on itunes youtube google play soundcloud stitcher tumblr you can subscribe to us via email get us right in your email inbox you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter if you're a fan of the show please consider heading on over to itunes and leaving us a review uh it helps us pop up in some um virgin ear ear earlobes and if you're a super fan of the show and i love seeing these super fans come out of the woodwork uh just share the show with a friend that that's what we love Uh, spread the love of superhero slate and we'll be here every single week you hear us talking about spoiler casting movies that are two years out because you know we're going to be here in two years doing this yes and i also hear the infamous uh, california sirens going on (laughs) no train today for me but i'll jinx it before it happens and uh you know just pick your poison you know itunes youtube google play whatever like listen to us how you want i think that's really cool that we have all these things here and mike Mm -hmm. mike works really hard to make sure that happens and looks pretty so yeah cool Uh, I'm going to go eat a grilled cheese, I think. Oh, man, that sounds delicious. I think I'm going to go <laughs> stare at this ecto-cooler longingly for the next <laughs> month until we can drink it. So, All right, cool. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. There, here it is. Oh, 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 oh got to open this. Oh, God, oh, oh God, oh, God. <laughs> I got it, I got it, I got it. I didn't drink the ecto-cooler.